I am your host, Matt Stauffer, and this is episode 67 of the 5-Minute Geek Show, a twice-weekly show about development and everything around it. It's one topic per episode about front-end, back-end, mobile, project management, design, entrepreneurship, whatever. If it's geeky, it fits. Today, we're going to be talking about estimating. This is a topic that comes up very, very, very often at, at Titan. Often. We just finished a, a, a company-wide meeting where we talked a whole bunch about estimating for hours, um, and there's a lot of really great thoughts and a really uh, a lot of really great kind of differing opinions, differing experiences, differing um, levels of kind of education about the things that uh, come into the process of delivering estimates or requesting estimates in relationships with clients. And I wanted to share a conglomeration of some of the things that I've brought uniquely to our conversations, but also mixed together with things that other folks have brought that kind of hopefully summarizes at least my current state of thinking about it. Um, So none of this, well, some of this is unique to me, but much of it is not. So uh, yes, attribution to everybody uh, for contributing towards my thinking. So um, very, very common way of things happening in the consulting world is a company needs a project done. So they did describe a spec of what that uh, project should look like when done. Uh, Word document, a couple pages long, maybe much more, hopefully not, um, that talks about basically what do they want done in this project? What is what is the goal of it? They do a, um, either a direct communication with a, a consultancy or they put out an RFP, a request for proposals, I think the P is. Um, and they basically ask uh, different companies to bid on it. You know, this is how how we would do it. This is uh, some information showing that we understand your context, and this is how much money we'd charge you for it. This is the most commonly understood way of uh, engaging uh, consultancy, um, and it is uh, absolutely and completely broken, um, wrong, uh, inefficient, ineffective, uh, and a recipe for disaster. Now, granted, I understand that there's a lot of uh, constraints and uh, relational situations within many companies where this is the way it has to happen. So I'm not saying that if you've ever been responsible for sending an RFP or if you've ever talked with me on one that you're a bad person. I'm not saying that at all. Um, there's a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is because uh, you may not know the information I'm about to say, or you may disagree with it. Um, but the more likely one is you're not in charge. Um, most of the people that I deal with um, aren't the people who are making the decision to do an RFP in the in the first place. They're people who totally understand all the reasons why it's not valuable, but they're you know stuck implementing it. So here's the the high level tiniest little piece, and I'll refer you to people much wiser than myself um, for more information. Uh, one good place to look is uh, the Full Stack Radio just had an interview with a guy about a Woody Zool, I think, about no estimates. Uh, so check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but the high level thing that we are thinking here is basically all estimates are bull. All estimates are bull. There's no such thing as a, an estimate in, in our industry. Uh, that's not to say that there may not be other industries where it's different. All estimates in our industry are bull because there's no way for you to really know ahead of time what it's going to look like for you to complete the pieces of the project. And that is uh, more or less true uh, depending on some of the context, uh, how long it is, how many of the exact same project you've done. You know, how, how, Like if, you're, if you do a thousand sites and every single site is exactly five pages and, and picks from one of five templates and there's no variance, well, then your estimates are less bull. It's very, very likely that doing each site will be exactly the same as the previous site. Um, the more you're building unique and complex web applications, like we do at Titan, um, the more it's bull because each one is a unique and special snowflake. And I don't mean that ironically. They are all different. And you don't understand, first of all, in an estimation process, there's no way to understand all the different uh, normal things you're going to run to, all the different pieces that might take a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, technological issues or communication issues with the client or where they expect something and haven't communicated or you have to go to them and they're in another time zone or even if they're not in a time zone, the, the delay between asking them and then giving it back to you and the mental you know, processes that happen while you're waiting for them and what you other switch other things you switch to not only that 
assuming we had the scope right up front, which we you know never do, but let's assume we had the actual scope right. There's all these things get in the way of your ability to predict how long something's going to take. There's also, of course, the fact that we're just, as people, we're terrible at predicting those things. Every study you know about people's ability to plan and recall and estimate all these kind of things, just timing in general, regardless of work or technical work, we're pretty much pathetic at it. We're just useless, which is fine. That's just kind of a built-in you know part of the human condition. Um, but the, the most important piece of the three, oh, I guess not the most important, the third piece, which is very important, is that there's no project that you're on where the scope stays the same throughout the reality of the project. And so it just is stress. I've worked in agencies and I've also been a freelancer. And the greatest level of stress comes from when um, inevitably um, the project that you estimated to take a certain amount of time has scope creep. And scope creep and the ideas of the client changing the scope and the deliverables um, gives just such a high level of stress for for, um, contractors. But the thing is, it always happens. There's no projects in which this does not happen. The only question is, how cool is the client when you come back to them and say you need more money? That's the only differentiating factor. It's not that it just doesn't does happen on some projects and does on other on others. It always happens. So the thing is, we things will always change. And it's not because they're terrible people and they lied to you up front. It's because we understand more about the project as we go. And if you look at the Agile Manifesto, you can see some really good thoughts about uh, how we need to change our thinking around kind of approaching projects and their requirements. But in general, the, the requir- we don't understand at the beginning the project that is that we're going to have in the end, and we shouldn't pretend like we do. And that's why massive spec documents or you know twenty five massive PSDs at the beginning of a project or whatever else are actually bad because halfway through the project you almost always realize that some of the things you really prioritize don't matter quite as mentioned. There's a, some other pieces that you'd never considered, or some contingencies, or some edge cases, or some new functionality, or as users are using the early version, they actually want this and all you know fifty percent of what you've already done all this work on or this planning or whatever don't actually matter nearly at all like the number of projects i've i've been on that uh, what we planned to be the scope at the beginning is the same as what we delivered at the end or what the scope was intended to be at the end is zero. It never happens. So when we approach these projects, rather, we don't want to say we can estimate it because we just know that like estimates are BS. Estimates are BS. There's no such thing as a good estimate. And even if uh, you're in a circumstance where you can say that there literally will be no scope creep, we are robots, and regardless of whether or not you find something should change, we will not change it, which is not healthy for the company. It's not even bad for the consultancy. It's not healthy for the company, even if you were able to say that, there's still no possibility of making a really valid estimate, which is why you get the vast majority of people who do estimates padding them. They got a fudge number, a multiplier. Uh, many people say multiply it by three point, you know, by pi, you know, three point one four, or multiply it by three. Uh, just make your best estimate, multiply it by three, or make, multiply it by one hundred percent. Or some people say um, up the increment. So if you estimate it's going to be four or four hours, it should be four days, and that might be about right. And those are jokes, but they're jokes that we actually kind of mean, and we mean them because estimates are BS. So I found that all the other things I'm saying around agile billing and all these other things, or agile development and and flexible billing and all this stuff that I want to say, it's nuanced based on the conversation, yada, 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 but it's all founded on this, not founded. The the most explicit and controversial statement that I can make in these conversations is um, estimates are BS. And regardless of where we end up, I stand by that. Estimates are BS and everything else needs to work around the fact that we're unable to predict those things. But not only that, I mean, there's way more, right? Like we... <laughs> 
I like so so the full stack radio episode that I'm describing was with a guy who describes his thing as no estimates. And I don't want to say, well, just in line with that, estimates are bad. I, I think there's a lot of nuance and, and there's actually a lot of very positive things. I'm not just parroting what he's saying, and I'm also not just saying that estimates are the problem. Um, and once you get rid of estimates, everything is great. I'm not saying that at all. Um, and one of the things he said in the podcast that I really like is that estimates are a smell, right? They're just a smell of things being in a bad spot, uh, but we need to change the way we approach each other. And and for us, that ends up meaning um, actually working with our clients to say we should have a different working relationship, right? All this, all that stuff is true. And there's no way I have enough time in a five-minute podcast that's currently running at eight minutes and 13 seconds to actually talk about those things. So I, I can't cover it. So the thing is, how do I... How do I say as disruptive, hopefully a thing is possible to at least kind of enter this conversation in a way where we're saying, well, we got to do something different if, well, for me, that if is estimates are BS. If estimates are indeed BS, we need to change some things. Um, so hope this helps somebody. Um, hope it didn't go too long. Thanks for listening to the 5-Minute Geek Show. We're at 5-Minute Geek Show on Twitter, number 5, 5minutegeekshow.com, F-I-V-E, and you, sub- you can subscribe to us on iTunes or via RSS. If you like the show, share it with your friends, rate it on iTunes, just don't estimate. Maybe I don't know. Thanks until next time. Matt Stout for a five minute geek show. You ready? Right on my lap. Okay. Can you say five minute geek show? Five minute geek show. Say see you later. See you later, sweet potato.